This is Bless You Boys Podcast 111, recorded Friday, May 9th, 2014. The hand we can. Thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy. Two for the price of one for the Tigers. And the man from Walla Walla will take that one home. Michigan and Trumbo. Michigan and Trumbo. There's never been a corner like Michigan and Trumbo. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Michigan and Trumbo. Michigan and Trumbo. There's never been a corner like Michigan and Trumbo. To drive the left, that one is long gone. Michigan and Trumbo, Michigan and Trumbo. There's never been a corner like Michigan and Trumbo. <laughs> That'll get him out of the old ball. Swing it Watch it fly! Welcome to the Bless You Boys podcast, where the editorial staff of Bless You Boys, in this case, Big Al and Hookslide, covered the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball. Of course, I'm your host, Al Beaton. I'm co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. As always, as always joining me this week is, well, I'm coining him Buttermaker now because he's really gone whole hog into this Little League stuff. Uh, and that, we're actually recording a little earlier today on Friday because he's got baseball business with the, with the shorties. So how you doing, Buttermaker? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. It's, I mean, it's not – I didn't choose this. I mean, I, I did. Mm-hmm. I chose to manage the team, but yeah. the schedule this week. They've got three games this week. <laughs> so I, I honestly I, – I thought about stepping off of the podcast yeah. this week, and I don't know how you would do it by yourself, but mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I've only watched like two Tiger games this entire week. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. lucky for you, there's not a lot to talk about. So. No, guess yeah. not. Yeah, so and, we'll talk about Little League. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who maybe either are too young or saw the really lousy version of the movie, we're obviously the Buttermaker references to Walter Matthau in the original Bad News Bears, one of the uh, funnier baseball movies ever made, So, if you ask me anyway. So um, we're just telling you right now, Hookside is not feeding beer to the kids, at least not yet. You know, they got to win That's the championship good. for that. So. No, they got to feed the beer to me, so that's how that works. <laughs> All right, uh, quick note about the podcast before we hit the ground running. Uh, you want to contact us with thoughts and questions, uh, Podcast at gmail.com, bybtigers at gmail.com. We're also on the Twitter, at Bless You Boys, and we're also on Facebook, facebook.com, slash byb.tigers, or it's easier just to search for Bless You Boys in the Facebook search bar, and they'll take you right there. And please follow us, like us, do all that social stuff, because we try to have a lot of fun with it, everything from posting pictures of um, Craig Monroe's latest sartorial adventures to uh, me making fun of the NFL draft on Twitter. So uh, anyway, please follow us on the social. We're trying to make a pointed effort for that. So, And, of course, you know, and we, I think we try to have a lot of fun with Twitter on game nights, depending on uh, – uh, and you can buy the style of each person is on it because we have about four or five people who do it. 
All right, let's uh, hook slide. Let's talk baseball. Let's do it. Yeah, Tigers baseball, not Little League baseball. Um, okay. <laughs> darn. <laughs> I can hear the, your voice deflate there. So <laughs> I've, I've, I've had it up to my eyeballs with Little League this week. So talking about the Tigers sounds like a good idea. In fact, you, right. you can catch me up on what's happened here. Yeah. Well, it's been one hell of a week, obviously. I mean, all you got to do is look at the standings to see that. The Tigers won eight straight games. Uh, pretty much by thumping mediocre to bad competition, specifically the White Sox, Royals, and Astros. The Tigers swept the Sox, swept the Royals, took three of four from the Astros. With this, though, they have taken a five-game lead in the AL Central. They have the best record in baseball at 20-10. and 10. Ten games over 500 already. Uh, I think, you know, it's kind of been a running joke on this podcast, looks like, to call this, you know, especially in the first few weeks of the season, where there were some bumps in the road, you know, the bullpen, the Cabrera wasn't hitting, and we were kind of, and the you know, fans were a little uptight, and then we were calling them the worst first-place team ever. Well, I think we can pretty much take that off the table the way they've been playing over the past oh, almost three weeks now. So that's the uh, the comic book guy, right, from yeah. Simpsons? <laughs> worst, have... Yeah, worst team ever. Worst first-place team, he's got to have to take us back seat now because it's <laughs> yeah. just... That, I mean, like you said, the way they played this last week, uh, wow, good grief. I mean, I suppose you have to take the uh, opposition into account. You yeah, know, but somewhat, that's what but, you're supposed to do. But that's And that's the good thing, I guess, you know, because it does get uh, frustrating, I guess, if they're going to lose. You know teams are going to lose, you know, a certain number of games every year, but when they're losing to teams like the Astros, you're right, it's uh, it's a little harder to, to take. So I'm, I'm glad that they thumped on the teams that they were supposed to thump on. Um, I was just... I was blown away. Um, like I said, I didn't get to I'd watch a lot of the games, but I'd catch the last couple innings, you know, tune in and be like, are you kidding me? It's, you know, 9-2 to two yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pulled some stats this week, and they scored 44 runs in the last seven games. Mm-hmm. Only gave up 20. Yeah. So there's been just a, an amazing run on offense and also on the on the pitching. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and just as well as it, it really still doesn't feel like the Tigers are hitting on all cylinders offensively, you know, as we saw in the right. Astros series. And they're still playing damn well. They are. Um, uh, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to necessarily agree about mm-hmm. not hitting on all the cylinders with the offense. Because the one thing that I have noticed, mm-hmm. or you know, that stood out to me is that they, they seem to be scoring runs from just about every doggone place in that lineup right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And that's the cool thing. It's uh, it's very re- uh, reminiscent, you know, of the '84 team. You know, in that you didn't have necessarily the one or two big name run producers, you know, a la Cabrera Fielder, you know, that that kind of a thing. Yeah. But they're just they're scoring from everywhere right now. And right. That's, that bodes well for us. Yeah. I guess the only concern I had is that in the they cooled off some in the Astros series. If you take that 18-hit barrage um, out of the equation, they were actually out-hit by the Astros in two of the games. I think they only had, like, 17 or 18 hits total in those. But, again, sometimes the other team does have good pitching. No, and yeah, and that happened uh, yesterday with the Astros, for example. So, and, and even for you know being out hit by the Astros, it does say that uh, you know with the way that they outscored them, they made the hits that they got. You know, they made those count yeah. by by turning converting those into runs. And uh, just just again looking back at the last uh, week's worth of stats, the Tigers' offense is uh, was second in all of MLB in terms of batting average yeah. this last week. Yeah, it's uh, you know again, I think it kind of refers back to our discussion last week, where you you're, sometimes your eyes are fooling you what the stats are actually telling you. You know, I'm saying, boy, they still don't look like they're hitting all the cylinders, and you say, oh yeah, but they scored the second most runs in baseball. You know, it's like, right. well, yeah, again, where the eyes can fool you sometimes. But this really does show that 
pitching is carrying this team because the starting pitching has been unbelievable. To say yeah. yeah, with a 2.14 ERA in the last week, and that's that's good for fourth in all of MLB in the last week. Just 11 I runs. I want to hardly that's fourth. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Some mm-hmm. other teams apparently were, were doing a little better, but that's just the starting rotation, just 11 yeah. runs in 46 innings pitched. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the bullpen, you know, we'll talk about that towards the end, I guess. I'll save that for my final remarks. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the starting rotation has just been absolutely dynamite. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we all, I'm sure we all wish Doug Fister was still here. Uh, but he he hasn't really been missed, at least not yet. And we'll talk a little bit about Robbie Ray starting in a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah. The, all this topic of we're saying the Tigers are playing so well, they've been beating up on mediocre to bad competition, the starting pitching has been unconscious. Well, one of our contributors at Bless You Boys, Greg Eno, who is known to say a controversial thing or two in my years of knowing him. I mean, I've, I've known him as long as I've been blogging online. That's, that's a long time. Uh, well, uh, again, with the Tigers holding, actually, they have the biggest divisional lead in baseball, at, and there are 10 games over 500 in the first, well, now we're going to the second week of May, uh, and this is a division where no one else is playing better than 500. And then you look at the teams, and they're either rebuilding, refuse to spend money, have absolutely no pitching, or they're managed by Ned Yost. So <laughs> between that, uh, Eno uh, just took the leap of faith and pretty much posted a, a fairly controversial post saying the division race is going to be essentially over, if not by now, by Memorial Day. But when you look at who, you know, and yeah, you, 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 there is the, the usual caveats. Well, this team came back and this team came back, but the teams that came back were actually good. And when I look at the teams in the Central, I can at least understand what Greg is saying because out of the four of teams the Tigers have to beat, can you really seriously think they have the talent to beat the Detroit Tigers? I don't. Mm. Uh, you know, I'll be Mr. Caveat, I guess, okay. and I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. No, not as things stand. Yeah. Uh, if, if we continue on the way things are just exactly as they are, um, then no, it's going to be a runaway, you know, for the for the Tigers. And, yeah, they'll wrap it up by before Memorial Day. Yeah. You know, it's it's just going to be that, that much of a slaughter fest. But, uh, yeah, with the, with the usual caveats that um, – you know, there's there's a trade deadline that happens, mm-hmm. you know, in there, and it, you know, you don't know how many um, how many key pieces would it take for, say, the White Sox. You know, they've got a pretty darn good offense right now, but they're mm-hmm. lacking somewhat in the in the area of pitching. So, you know, it's it's not hard to envision them adding a couple of key pieces there and making this a little more of a of a challenge for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, there's always the question of, you know, are the Tigers going to stay healthy? Yeah. From now until you know until the end, because that that's another big. That's a big unknown. Oh. You know, you, you lose a couple of key players, like, I mean, God forbid, you know, Justin mm-hmm. Berlander gets hurt and can't pitch for three months, or, you know, Victor Martinez, you know, hurts his knee again, or something stupid like that. Yeah. You know, that can change the whole complexion of the of the, of the match, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but you could always obviously say that about any of the teams in the uh, division right now. And the Tigers, if anything, have been uh, hurt more by injury than uh, maybe other than the White Sox because they lost uh, Mini Miggy, uh, right. you know. Right. So, but the Tigers losing their starting shortstop—that's a huge blow. And yeah. also, they've already lost their uh, the man they were planning on being a setup man in Bruce Rondon. So, but then again, 
we're not talking Verlander or Cabrera, but any team who has uh, superstars, one of them gets hurt. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. It's well, it's it's going to put a hole in the boat, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it could happen to any team, really. But yeah. that's kind of that's really all I'm saying is that mm-hmm. it's still way, way too early to know how this season is going to shape up, and you know, the moving pieces, and who's going to get traded, and you know, retained mm-hmm. and signed again, and who's going to get hurt and stay healthy, and all of that. You know, so if this was if we, you know if this was September and we're having this conversation, I'd say I feel a lot better about you know declaring the Tigers victors already. Mm-hmm. But because it is only second week of May, it's kind of hard to say. Like I said, if, if, if everything keeps going the way it's been going, this mm-hmm. is going to be a runaway win for the for the Tigers. Yeah. Well, we've been kind of hoping for this to happen over the last two or three years. Maybe this is the year where they actually do pretty much pull away early on. I mean, last year was for the most part a struggle till mid September when they put together a streak, and then the year before that was uh, well, much the same. You know. So, uh, but this really is a team capable, very capable of running away with the division. And I can understand why why Greg believes that. When you see teams that are already pushing five and six games back, that's – and let's not forget, the Tigers have several games in hand on all these teams. So realistically, you could say the Tigers may really have more like a seven or eight game lead when you play the games in hand card. Yes. Yes, and you know, it, like I said, the way things are stacked up right now, there's just there's nobody in the central that poses any kind of threat yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, we can kind of play the doom card and say, oh, the injuries might happen or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, on the other on the other hand, yeah, I was just tweeting this the other night and saying, you know, the Tigers are doing what they're doing, and they're doing it without Miggy at, at a full 100. percent Yeah, and they're doing it with some kind of major bullpen problems at the same time. So. God help the rest of baseball when those two things get fixed. <laughs> to say the least. It's going to be not just Tigers over the Central, but, you know, they might as well just hand them the World Series in August. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope it gets to that point. <laughs> but at the very least, you got to understand Greg's thinking in that. Just the, uh, it's, it's, it, I think it's more not just so much the Tigers playing well, it's that the rest of this division, I mean, you look at them, I mean, if you look, read the Kansas City Royals blog, for example, uh, Royals <laughs> Review. Oh my <laughs> God, they want Ned Yost's head on a pike. They want Dayton Moore fired yesterday. It, no, they want was it the Glass, the owner? They want him to sell the team immediately. They are ready to riot there, for example. And this is a team that's hovering around 500 right now. So they're extreme. You know, then again, I think if there's been one team, this fan base. In this division, that's been truly sold a bill of goods. It's the Royals fan base because they were told for years that they had the best farm system in the major leagues. These all guys are going to be superstars, and in the end, Salvador Perez might be the only one to live up to the billing. Right, and you, you just kind of feel for those fans. I, yeah. Like I said, I kind of then read some of their comments, and oh, I was, was suddenly uh, after very, that sweep. Oh my God, they were pissed. Yes. <laughs> I was I was suddenly very very grateful to be a Tigers fan after hearing what they had to say about the Royals because honestly a lot of their criticisms were you know well founded yeah, criticisms yeah. you know as opposed to some of the stuff that we hear from the fan base here in Detroit that's kind of like oh come on that's that's not even legitimate but they they have some legitimate complaints over there in Kansas City and you think ouch yeah they and and they're kind of in a similar situation mm-hmm. you know with the, to Detroit in terms of they haven't taken the World Series you yeah. know since what eighty five right eighty seven yeah, yeah eighty four oh for them. Yeah, you're talking yeah. 84, yeah, 85, yeah, I think you're yeah. right. 
So we're we're real kind of like kissing cousins on that one. Going yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least we're a little closer, I think, than uh, than the Royals are at this point. And yeah, I think we've made more recent trips anyway. Yeah, uh, but but um, uh, but I but I, I'm just trying to you know, I'm I'm t- kind of taking Greg's side in this because I kind of I'm leading his way actually. I mean, you, right. you look historically, you know, you know. It's, if you, you once you get to you know early in the season and that you're and you're closer to ten games back than like uh, four games back, you can almost say your season's over. It and certainly a, a few of these teams are headed in that direction. I mean, how would I be a Pirates fan right now? Uh, they were like nine games back a couple games ago. I mean, they got a huge, huge deficit to make up now over Milwaukee, who's, who was playing almost as well as the Tigers. Yeah, what's going on over in Milwaukee for what? The, I mean. Who would have thought the Brewers, right? They, yeah. you know, they still have the second best. I yeah, the second uh, they're best at uh, six twenty nine right now. They're tied with San Francisco mm-hmm. for the sec- for the best record in the National League, like and that. that is second best overall. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like you said, there's just there's really not. I don't think there's any reason to worry about it. Yeah. You know, I, I always like to hold out those basic caveats of yeah, let, let's hope the, the Tigers stay healthy. You know, and that the, the say the White Sox, you know, don't suddenly pull some magic out of the hat. You yeah. know, and, and add on three more star players that make it really difficult. But to get out this far ahead, this mm-hmm. early in the game, again, I'm going to go back to 84. Cause yeah. I don't know if you can tell, but I've been reading uh, Sparky Anderson's memoirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His uh, 84 diary, the Bless You Boys diary. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he talks about that, too, that they, they went through some some pretty bad slumps yep. later in the in the season, like in uh, – Oh, and I say like in August, um, they barely played 500 ball. In yeah, August. there was a period where I think the Jays got within like five games in August, and this is after they had that huge jump in, in early on. So you're right. Right, and and there was a, season, a, a four game series where they got swept by the Royals, I think. And, mm-hmm. and one of the comments that Sparky made was, you know, thank God we had that eight game lead. Yeah. You know, going into this, and say, so, yeah, that that's exactly it. You know, to get this far out mm-hmm. you know, early on, like you said, can make all the difference because. If and when the Tigers do, you know, hit a, hit a natural slump, sometime. and they will, I think and they will. Yeah, you know, it'll it'll happen. You know, we know how long it's going to last or whatever. But you know, when that when that time comes, whether it's June, July, August, you know, you hope you've got that same, you know, big cushion to say, you know, okay, now we're you know four games back instead of eight. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and I think that's the best point of all is that uh, in the standings, games you win right now will count just as much as they do in September. If the, and if the Tigers can build up. A decent cushion that really, you know, that's a safety net that really is kind of rare to have. Right. It's not like the Whitecaps where they reset yeah. after the All Star break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thank but God. For I that. think we can both agree though things are looking awful good right now, and it's not hard to be very optimistic that we're going to be talking about October baseball again. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about you know really that, that they're going to get there. I don't yeah. I know. If I were a betting man, and I am, mm-hmm. you know, I would yes. get some money on it. Yes, uh, you are the degenerate gambler of the group. So yes, yes, I am. <laughs> but how? You know, let's go back to how about that offense this last yeah. week? Mm-hmm. I was this shocked me. Nine home runs. Yeah, nine home runs. Al, we were supposed to be the team that lost a whole bunch of you know, yeah, pop in the bat, so to speak, and all that. You know, how who where are the home runs going to come from with Fielder and Peralta and Infante gone? No, I mean. Martinez hit three of them this last week. Cabrera hit two. Avila hit two of them. Yeah. What is going on over there? Well, guys who uh, have the capability are doing so. And I think Avila, if he can have, you know, he, we, I think everybody knows he has 15 to 20 home run power if he, if he plays to his capabilities. I think you'd say the same about Castellanos, who also has four home runs right now. 
and I still think he's hitting into a lot of bad luck as well. So, and if Cabrera wakes up, yeah, I, there's there's enough power here. But at the very least, I think what we've seen, especially during a streak, is that the Tigers don't need that the three-run home run to win anymore. And no, in a lot don't. of ways, you know, as much as, as enjoyable as that can be, uh, it's kind of refreshing to see that the Tigers can manufacture a run now and then. And in the streak, that's paid off. Yeah, absolutely. They talk about Torrey Hunter mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and the week that he had hitting 370 over the last seven games and hitting seven RBIs in the process with mm-hmm. just one home run. So, yeah. you know, to your point. You don't you don't necessarily need the big bombs to get the job done, but uh, you know, like I said earlier, they're just they're scoring runs from just about every spot in the lineup now. You know, mm-hmm. including Avila. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you kind of don't expect it necessarily from your catcher all the time, but uh, mm-hmm. they're just yeah, it's it's frightening. It's got to be frightening to the other teams in the American League to yeah. see what they're doing right now. Yes, and to the Avila haters, he's getting on base at about a three fifty clip. So, I mean, and that's perfect. That's exactly that's all I want to see out Alex Avila. Is get on the base at about a 350 clip and hit the occasional home run, and the Tigers are set at catcher. 368 this last week. Yeah, and that's that's uh, Alex Avila walking and hitting home runs. Perfect. That's that's, that's, right. that's what that's I want to see. That that line from uh, Moneyball that I quoted on Twitter last week. You know, that he's getting he's got these on base. You know, the, the on base percentage is way up there, and you say, you know, he just. Uh, getting on base a lot. Do I care if it's a walk or a hit? Yeah. You you do not. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Uh, Speaking of, well, uh, 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 optimistic performances, things that we can get kind of fired up about, and we'd probably need to temper ourselves as well, was the performance of Robbie Ray and his uh, spot start. Uh, He pitched very well in his his first start. He won, I believe, the uh, first game of the series at the Astros. He allowed one run in five and a third innings. Uh, he pitched out of early trouble, didn't get flustered, and he got to the point where he retired I think, 10 in a row. I think there was a point where it might have been 15 out of 17, something like that. During the middle part of his performance, he was very, very effective. You know, obviously, yeah, it's the Astros, but, you know, the Astros can beat Major League uh, players, as we saw on Thursday. So, uh, But we do have to remember it's just one start, and as was brought up on Bless You Boys and in the mainstream media, uh, First thing that was brought up after a little bit of the euphoria about Robbie Ray pitching so well was, you know, remember Andy Van Hecken, who threw a complete game shutout in his first start as a Tiger in 2002. And for that matter, Andrew Miller, who was once the Tigers' great pitching hope, who had six shutout innings in his 2007 debut. And obviously, where are they now? Van Hecken's playing in Korea. He's pretty much bounced around and played in every league you can think of. And Andrew Miller tried to recreate himself as uh, a left-handed journeyman reliever, and now he's got a, a torn-up shoulder. So, no, it was fun, uh, Hookside, at uh, that game to watch Ray look older than his years, I guess, to stay. But, again, it's one game, and he could and he could look much worse in his next start, which will probably be against better competition. Yeah, so he's uh, still set to possibly start the 11th, isn't he? Yeah, as of right now, I know there's there were some rumblings I saw on Twitter while we were talking that uh, uh, they're talking uh, uh, Sanchez will be getting, coming off the DL probably, I think, 11th or 12th or something like that. So, yeah, they probably will need one more start from him. And if I remember the schedule correctly, that means he'll pitch against the Twins. Is that right? If, if Ray were to pitch. Yeah, that's how, yeah, because I just saw Jason Beck here saying um, – uh, next week, uh, Sanchez should return next Friday. So yeah, there should be another. They are going to need another start from him, unless there's okay. a rainout or something. And it's actually looking kind of iffy here in Detroit right now. Okay, so yeah, 
so he has to pitch against a little bit better, uh, like you said, offensive mm-hmm. competition. And, yep. uh, you know, we, we, we covered this last week, and I think yep. the, the point still stands. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that it's great that he had a good start. Yep. We, were, we were hoping for that. Um, but I'm, I'm with everybody who said now he needs to go back to Toledo and, yes. and continue to develop. Yeah, because there you were know. people out there saying, well, let's put him in the bullpen. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, yeah. let's not do that, and let's not, you know, Make him a you know a sixth starter. Not either. everybody can do what Drew Smiley did, and even Smiley wasn't too thrilled about it. You know exactly, exactly. So let's not rush the process and you know potentially ruin the development that's that's going on. Let him go down back to Toledo and, and you know continue on, and yeah. then uh, hopefully he'll be ready for that starting spot. You know mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be next year, but you know soon. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, you had to believe that. Dave Nabrowski felt at least a little bit vindicated by seeing how well Robbie Ray performed, considering how he was really drugged through the mud by a lot of the national pundits who thought called this the worst trade of the offseason. And, yeah, I know, I think every one of us would agree we thought the Tigers could have and should have got more for Doug Fister. But if Dave Nabrowski knows what he's doing, and apparently he does, Robbie Ray may end up turning into a pretty darn nice return. You know, obviously we're a long way from that point. Exactly. But the, the, exactly. It's, the, it's the fact that I, Dave Dombrowski didn't become an idiot overnight. That's the, and I think that's what kind of bothered me about the reaction. Right. He's not an idiot. He, he took a chance. You know, he took a risk. He took a gamble. And, it, it and that's part of the job. Yeah, of course it is. You want to you know try and take the risks that are most likely to play out in your favor, and yeah. that's you know that's where time is still yet to tell us, mm-hmm. you know what Ray is going to become and what he's turned into, and whether this trade was you know really a good idea. Yeah. Um, but you know in the meantime, that the start that he had, you know mm-hmm. we, we couldn't have asked for anything better. Like you said, because yeah. now it's it's a nice little stopgap. Yeah. I have to say, can you imagine if he had pitched terribly? <laughs> you know, <No. laughs> I mean, I know the one start doesn't mean he's the next you know Sandy Koufax or whatever, right. but. To have the one good start and say, okay, so now we're going to send him back and let him develop, and in the yeah. meantime, just kind of live on that for now and realize, you know, he, he didn't look that bad. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, right now, and like I said, you, you want to touch on the bullpen a little bit later, and right now, they don't need Robbie Ray in the bullpen. They really don't, and there's no reason at this point to possibly derail his advancement into the rotation in a year or two. By, by this bullpen moving back and forth. And even Drew Smiley, was, when he was asked about it, uh, you know, obviously, he, you know, as he, oh, would you rather uh, pitch, every, you know, pitch every five days in Toledo or be in the bullpen in Detroit? And, of course, any player worth his salt says, I want to be in the big leagues. But even Drew Smiley said, pick a thing, leave me there, and that's what I want to do. And, I, and he, he said, I really would prefer to start. And going by how he's pitched this year, even though he did lose on Thursday, I think Drew Smiley's right. He is a more valuable uh, piece to this team as a starter, and I think that's how it's going to be with Robbie Ray as well. Yeah, wasn't it you that said that on Twitter? That, yeah. What was the X number of innings? I don't think yeah, yeah. 70 innings yeah, is greater 70 than... Yeah, innings or 170 innings. What's work more to the title? Yes, exactly. He's got the talent, so let's not waste it. And the same goes for Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you even imagine what they would? What, what role would he play if he were to go to the bullpen at this yeah. point? Yeah, You know, except to, to play kind of the middle relief you know, maybe pitch the sixth or seventh innings mm-hmm. if and when they needed that. But you know, he would. I think he would go stale out there. That's a very good point because uh, right now the the back end of the bullpen looks in pretty good shape. And and if you're real in and 
if you don't want Robbie Ray to become the next Luke Buchanan, we'll just put it that way. You don't need him to be. Mm-hmm. You would need him to be the next Doug Fister. Exactly. And he's, and he's going to be that. You know, he's got to get more minor league work. But things look good, at least after one start. And let's hope the second start goes just as well, or at least <laughs> he doesn't get blown up. <laughs> I know, cause if, if he is going to go back to Toledo now for the rest, you know, the remainder of the season mm-hmm. and kind of work on his stuff, then it sure would be nice to send him back on a high note. Bingo. Uh, have, yeah. Have, it, get another great start. And just, yeah, yeah, that is so Jim Leland of you. <laughs> well, you know, Jim wasn't wrong. <laughs> no, it's, and that, but that's exactly how he would want it to be. You know, you know, get the guy out of there on a high note, and that you know, and, right? It's good and, for and, and it worked for the most part. So yeah, it'd be good for his confidence. It'd be yeah. good for you know for the fan base. To yeah, see that. exactly. All right, uh, Victor Martinez. We do have to touch on Victor because as we were talking about the offense uh, playing pretty darn well over the past week, a big reason for that, or maybe even the reason for that was Victor Martinez, who was absolutely, well, insanely good. He's been insanely good all season, really. He's hitting uh, .333 with a .389 on-base percentage, and he's slugging .577. I mean, that's a .965 OPS. That, you know, that's all-star territory, what he's playing right now. Uh, as I put in the show notes, he's literally kidding the cover off the ball. You know, not figuratively, he's literally hitting the cover off the ball. question is, at 35 years old, there's already talk of, well, what's the Tigers' plans for Victor Martinez? He's in the last year of his contract. And if, you're, if anybody's making a case for deserving a contract extension of a two or three years, I think Victor Martinez is doing that right now. Obviously, yes, it's early. We're only um, you know, what, five, about six weeks into the season. But right now, Victor Martinez looks like he doesn't show any signs of slowing down, any decline. I mean, he's been hitting like this since the middle of last year, and actually hit like this in 2011 as well for the most part. So this is one of those things where I, I, I really don't think the Tigers have a ready-made replacement for Victor Martinez. I would love to see them keep him. The question is, how much do you pay and how long do you want to keep a 35-year-old who is pretty much a DH 90% of the time? Well, good question, Al. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've already like seen said, numbers thrown out there, you know, more, you know, anywhere from what he's making now a year to even more. And that's a lot of money for a DH. Yeah. I mean, I guess relatively speaking, I, I mean, I was looking at some of the numbers earlier today for the all kind of like the top 15, you know, yeah. DH players right now. And, you know, you look at names like Adam Dunn. Uh, you know, yeah, I remember that's who the Tigers could have got. It was pretty much a choice between him or Martinez at the time. Well, we're glad that they went with yes. Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Adam Dunn is primarily a DH, and he's making $15 million right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Ortiz is, is in a similar I think situation. that's the, probably the best comparison, uh, at least right, production-wise. Right. And, and then there's, you know, there's Carlos Beltran, but, you know, you got to factor in the fact that he's playing for the Yankees, so yeah. you know, they're always overpaying anyway. Yeah. But uh, I, the thing that kind of caught my eye, though, mm-hmm. was, was seeing that uh, Billy Butler yeah. uh, is making uh, eight, 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 eight and a half million right now. He, he comes, uh, you know, becomes a free agent next year as well. Yeah. So let's 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 play the game here. I'll be the devil's advocate. Do they keep Victor Martinez, or do they make an offer for Billy Butler? At the very least, he, would, he wouldn't have to face. Uh, just that would next. I think Justin Verlander probably end up winning more games, so it might make okay, it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's got to bring his uh, his war yeah. stats yeah. higher for Butler automatically. Right? Actually, that's a that's a good point because Butler probably would not produce at the level of Martinez, but 
that money could be used in other ways as well. Because yeah. I have a feeling Victor Martinez is not playing his way into a cheaper deal. He's making like $12 million a year right now. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I said, he, is, is he, he's making pretty close to what guys like Dunn and Ortiz are making, but maybe with the difference of, you know, two and a half, three million dollars. So, you know, could you see Victor Martinez getting even more? Could they make him a $15, $16 million offer for, uh, yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah. Especially with the way the, the inflation's working and the prices keep going up. So, uh, I guess I'd be more curious to, to know how long of a contract. That's, I think that's the thing. I could understand going big money for a year, maybe two. Anything longer than that, I start getting a little uh, scared at the very least. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, not everybody can be Tory Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I'm not sure if you meant that. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good or bad, yeah. Well, as long as he doesn't play defense. You know, Tory Hunter is a scary defensive player anymore. (laughs) Offensively, he's damn productive. Yes. Well, we'll put put V. Martin right field and see what happens. (laughs) Oh, he couldn't play any worse, trust us. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. Give Give him another year. You know, extension maybe two. He, like you said, he's 35. Mm-hmm. There's there's the question of uh, you know, is he injury prone? I don't know. He had the knee issue. You know, you don't know if that kind of thing resurfaces. I'm I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you. You know, but I don't necessarily see him. Uh, you know, like I said, he's been doing this since 2011 at least. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't yeah. expect the production level to go down. I mean, God, this last week I was again pulling the the week's stats just to mm-hmm. catch myself up. He hit four forty four. Yeah, <laughs> he hit, and he hit everything hard with an he, OPS you know, of like one four two zero. Yeah, he, one of the home runs he hit was he tomahawked a, a a fastball that was like shoulder eye high, something like that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> just every time he gets, I mean, how many times has he struck out this this year? I mean, it's, it's I think it's four. I think you're right. Yeah, it's three or four. It's a ridiculously low number. It, but uh, oh boy, you want you want to kind of go on a side tangent here? Oh, we always now, do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if uh, you know you personally where you stand on this issue. I know the the mm-hmm. fan base is somewhat divided on the whole the myth of protection. No, I, personally, I think it's BS. But go okay. ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, it was just a comment that I I want to say. I get confused now. If I was watching it on TV, it might have been the television. It might have been mm-hmm. Rod Allen that was saying that uh, basically with the way that Victor Martinez has been hitting recently, mm-hmm. that that's why Miggy is coming out of a slump. Yeah. Miggy is coming out of the slump, not because he's getting his timing back or whatever, but because he's seeing better pitches because Victor Martinez is hitting better, therefore offering more protection. So there you go. I've, that's, that's, the very, that's a very old-school way of thinking, and I don't think it makes a single bit of difference to Miguel Cabrera because if you look at the, the – uh, you always see the um, – uh, you know, especially during the national games, where they put up the hot zones for players and their, their uh, of what were what other batting averages at different areas of the strike zone, and Cabrera's is almost completely all hot. <laughs> you know, so right, I don't really right. think that makes much difference to him. No, and just I, personally, the way I, I look at it and see the way that the the pitchers are still pitching to Cabrera, they're not giving him a whole lot to hit. Yeah, and that tells me right there that you know <laughs> they're 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 worried. You know, yeah. they know they know who he is and what he's capable of doing. It was the same thing last year. I mean, look how many times uh, he got walked to face Prince Fielder. And Prince Fielder, even though he did have a down year, still had 20-plus home runs and 100 RBI. Yeah, pitchers are not going to pitch the Cabrera. I don't care who's batting. Bingo. That's it right there. That's the thing. Yeah. I, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. They're not going to pitch to him if they don't have to. Just a little side tangent there. Mm-hmm. 
but I thought that was I got a little bit irritated when I heard it because I thought you know Miggy's doing you know he's yeah. doing what he needs to do to come out of that slump and to kind of take that away from him and be like yeah well, it's because Martinez is hitting that's that's why Miggy's doing better yeah oh boy okay yeah but then but yeah then you could say the same thing well maybe Martinez is hitting so well because Austin Jackson's having a good year I mean it's, it's kind of a domino effect isn't it so yes. it finally gets to like the night so it's all falls on the number nine hitter that's why the offense has gone in the tailspin. <laughs> See, uh, if he would just start hitting, then everybody would be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the logic. That's that's the logic would be right. I think I'm in or going the right direction here. So yeah. So what do you what do you think about uh, extending Martinez? Uh, I could I could I want to I, personally I think they should because I've always been a fan. Once you have a productive full time DH, because it really bothered me over the years how the Tigers would always just use the DH as a. Uh, we'll just rest the guy. You know, we'll put a, we'll, we'll switch it around. I, you know, if you got a good, really good hitter, and he and he's taken to the DH position where he doesn't feel like he has to play defense to feel like a real ball player like Prince Fielder, uh, you keep him. And Victor Martinez is proven to be one. He, I hate using the term professional hitter because it takes me back to the. Uh, uh, to the radar, Randy days, radar, uh, Randy Smith days, but he's a professional hitter. He's showing no signs of, the, of slowing down, no signs of decline. He's effective from both sides of the plate, so it doesn't make a difference who he's facing. So platoons pretty much goes out the window with him. And money in baseball is going to be crazy, no matter who it is or how old they are. And there's just more and more of it coming in. If, I mean, if the Tigers can afford to pay Miguel Cabrera close to $300 million, I could see giving you know Martinez you know, $30 million for two years. Wow. So you would give him the $15 million per year? I think I would. Just give because him Adam Dunn money. I think I would. The production, I think he's earned it with the production. And the thing, you got to do have to take into fact that will he decline? Azari will, but... Maybe it won't be till he's 38 or 39. You know, that's what that's the hard part. That's the thing the Tigers have to decide. But the way he swings, he doesn't. He's not a pure power hitter. He he doesn't have to hit home runs to be a good productive ball player. And I think that plays in his favor in that he's not going to decline like probably like a Prince Fielder will. Right, right. So you would be you would be inclined to give him two years. I think two, just, just the one year. Comfortable, but I would not be surprised if he looks for three. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just honestly, from from the fan perspective, I, I would not have a problem if they did give him three. Yeah, they may have to. They really may have to. You know, the way way money and contracts are going in baseball right now. But that's you know, then you start talking about the core of this team suddenly starts looking really old in a couple of years, and that's something yeah. to be yeah. concerned about. You know, obviously, I, I don't think Torrey Hunter's coming back. You know, as, as much fun as he is to have around. The Tigers are, I'm sure they want to get better defensively in right field and younger, especially. And uh, I guess the, that's the yin and the yang. you got to balance that. So maybe they can get younger in other positions and carry an older DH for two or three years. I mean, it's worked for Boston. Why can't it work for Detroit? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, so nixing the idea of going after Billy Butler next year? It's tempting. It is. You know, because he is a solid player, but... He's not as good as Victor Martinez. I think I think we can uh, there. We could have barbecue sauce here. 
uh, and country breakfast every day. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got to factor that in. Yeah. There, there's the Verlander factor in the equation, and also, you know, that you could go to Meyer and have Miggy Salsa right next to Billy Butler's barbecue. Yeah, house. fastball flakes and all that fun stuff. Mm, now I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, what, well, I, ha- I know what will ruin your appetite, looking at Zubas. So. <laughs> yep, that did it. Okay, not hungry again. <laughs> I have to say, we had to bring that up just because uh, the Internet went nuts a few days ago when uh, uh, Miguel Cabrera uh, went on Intentional Talk. And I think that when he shows up and uh, does things like that, his personality really comes out. And you can understand why this is such a fun team to root for when you see Cabrera wearing the Zubas, you know, with the bandana on his head, and then seeing you know, half the team come out in the same outfit, especially Annabelle Sanchez. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, every team has a rally. You know, every good team, it seems to be, has a rallying point, something they all seem to enjoy doing or uh, just, you know, a bonding exercise. I mean, look, Boston last year with those those nasty beards, uh, you know, things like that. Maybe the Tigers, it's going to be Zubas. And, well, there's worse things in life than rattling around Zubas. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take your <laughs> word for it. I, it's, I used I, to wear them, so, I, I, you know, I'm kind of biased in this. So. Yes, and we talked about this last week. You used to wear them, and I, I did confirm I found an old family photo. I did have a pair. Really? So, yep, one one pair of Zubas. And and now I wonder, you know, with the way it's kind of gone viral, you know, all those pictures of, of the Tigers, and it will... What's going to happen to the sale of Zubas in the next couple months? You know? We're going to start seeing them at Comerica Park. You know that. Hey, no, that would be a great time to go buy stock. <laughs> yeah, are they a publicly traded company? Yeah, yeah go get stock. I in have Zubas. no idea who makes Zubas, so I don't either. Uh, yeah, but at, at, at the very least, I think it does show that at the, Brad Ausmus seems to be running the same kind of ship as Jim Leland. These guys seem to be having fun. There's no controversy. Everybody is. Uh, you know, it's kind of a team first thing, and you know, I hate using the word chemistry because if they were losing, chemistry doesn't make a damn bit of difference. But at the very least, I think stuff like this shows that Brad Osmus, knowing that he's walked into a veteran clubhouse that is pretty kind of set in its ways, and that you know has its clicks and knows who's who when it comes to leadership, that leadership has stepped up and. Uh, there is a happy clubhouse makes for a fun team to watch. I guess I can put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, Zubas aren't going to win ball games. Yeah. You know, if like I said, they go to a, a, on a slump, you know, in a losing streak yeah. or whatever, the, the pants don't make a doggone bit of difference. But you know, in the meantime, it, there is something to be said for them having kind of a loose fun. You know. Yeah. There, there is chemistry, and that's that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, th- I think uh, I saw an interview with uh, Max Scherzer who said. We're around each other 10-plus hours a day every day. Goofy stuff's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's and it's, and that's how guys are. I mean, I remember my locker room days, the goofy stuff happened all the time. You and, know what? But often maybe... liquor was involved as well. But that's <laughs> <a> different, so. <laughs> uh, You know, I know we kind of make fun sometimes of the intangibles like that, you know, like grit and the will to win and, yep. you know, team chemistry or whatever. But I, maybe there is something to be said for team chemistry, at least in the sense that uh, I think we've seen some of that come out in, in things like uh, teams want to play for Detroit, yeah. you know, and they want to be on a team where Torrey Hunter is there and where Miguel Cabrera is there. And some of that is because they're they're a good team, obviously. And mm-hmm. most of it's probably because they're a good team. Yeah. You know, who wouldn't want to play on Miguel Cabrera's team no matter what pants he's wearing? But <laughs> there, there is still that element, though, too. I think that says, you know, Detroit's a good club to play for, and, and it's a fun place to play. Yeah, and 
and just remember hearing the controversy about Ian Kinsler. They wanted him to be a leader in Texas, and he didn't feel comfortable in that role. That makes right. him a perfect fit for a team like the Tigers, who already have an established leadership model. And Kinsler can just come in and be Ian Kinsler. And as we've seen, a happy Ian Kinsler is playing really damn well and fits in great with this team. Right, and there's another. That's a great example of you know he had some controversy there because they wanted him to be in a role he didn't want to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't tell me that didn't play at least some role in his decision to go ahead and leave. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, like you said, it, they 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 appear to be having fun. That that's got to do something for your um, you know ability to relax and focus on baseball. Yeah. If you're not having to constantly deal with things like I don't know, there, there's always something, but you know the Yasiel mm-hmm. leagues, you know, and the controversies, yeah. and you know Bryce Harper is getting benched for not playing hard. No, just those kind of silly... The unwritten uh, rules. Don't, yeah. I didn't go there again. So. And I, I'm just I'm thankful that we're not dealing with that in Detroit and seeing that kind of crap in the newspapers. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and uh, that's and you can factor that in as well because uh, uh, trust, I'm sure like uh, we, like we talked about uh, Java Chamberlain, who seems to be a really good fit with this team as well. You know, he seems like the kind of guy who didn't fit in with what the Yankees needed and wanted out of him, comes to Detroit, not, and he doesn't need to be the next, uh, well, in New York, he was, hell, at times he was going to be the next Catfish Hunter and Sandy Koufax rolled into one. So that's, uh, I, I get, you know, it's uh, maybe there's a perfect place for everybody, and guys like Kinsler and uh, Chamberlain have actually found it. Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I still do believe that you know if you're having fun, you you play better. Yeah. You know, I I was never a great baseball player, but I played on the same team for about four years and got to know the core group of guys, and I played my best baseball, you know, in that in that group with with friends, you know, that that I knew and had a good time with. And the first year I went to a new team and had to meet, and the team that I played with, they were jerks. They were just such snotty. <laughs> yeah. I played terribly. I didn't want to play, you know, and that's just that's kind of the, the domino effect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll just add this kind of to wrap up the Zubas uh, comment is that I'm glad the Tigers uh, decided to rally around uh, Jabba Chamberlain's Zubas rather than Jabba Chamberlain's beard. Oh, thank <laughs> God for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which which member of the Tigers do you think would look the absolute worst in a Chamberlain style beard? Oh. Uh, I don't think Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> you know what? If if uh, Phil Coke's brain is listening in on this, I want to I want to see a a post. That's uh, a. I think we're onto something there. You're a right. Photoshopped post of, of Tigers in those big bushy beards because I, I was thinking that Tory Hunter would look absolutely terrible. <laughs> now Alex Davila, if we let him grow a beard, it'd probably be down to his waist in a week. So <laughs> duck, duck Dynasty territory. Yeah. <laughs> Right. All right, uh, let's start wrapping up this podcast. A couple of, well, we're going to lean NFL ways just a little bit. But uh, we, first off, it kind of went on this because the Tigers have actually bent over a little bit uh, to accommodate the fans. I will put it that way. And they end up accommodating the Lions as well. Uh, the NFL, in their infinite wisdom, scheduled a 7 p.m. season opener between the Detroit Lions and New York Giants on Monday Night Football, nationally televised and all that, which, you know, it's going to be a guaranteed sellout at Ford Field, which just happened to be at the same time the Tigers are playing the Kansas City Royals in the first game of a series on Monday night. Uh, this week, you know, there was no drama involved like they, it happened in Baltimore last year. Uh, where, you know, but, there, you know, there was some contractual stuff going on with that one, specifically with the Players Union. But with this case, the Tigers moved the game to 4 p.m. 
So uh, I'm not thrilled about a 4 p.m. start, but as a Lions fan, I'm happy I'll be able to watch the game, both games now. But uh, it's still going to be a bit of a traffic nightmare. It's going to have 40,000 people leaving Comerica and 65,000 entering Ford Field. So still going to be a mess, but not as bad of a mess. But uh, this really does bring up the, the I, I find, really ridiculous uh, the trolls to say football rules and you know uh, the supposed competition between billion dollar corporations essentially uh, were, were they still no it's a matter which you know we both you know we both love baseball I love football you hate football regardless in the big scheme of things those two sports just see us as dollar signs that's all we are to them so to to really play this into any kind of rivalry between sports is freaking ridiculous and if anything. Considering where the two teams stand in their respective sports, the Tigers being a legitimate World Series contender, while the Lions are once again a laughingstock, and let's look at the draft yesterday, um, the better team backed down just for the sake of keeping fans happy. I think that's the best thing Maybe. of all. Did they? I mean, now they get the... Uh they get the premium parking spots first. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's a, that's a good move on their part. Yeah. <laughs> and notice that they did not offer to go play at 1 o'clock, so they'd be yeah, cleared out in time. Great, that's a great point. I think that's a little rubbing it in the in the nose of the NFL. Just a little. <laughs> we'll get there a couple hours early. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that also leads to, because I saw this, because I, I had a little fun on, uh, on Bless You Boys Twitter during the first round of the NFL draft Thursday night. And... Uh, because the suffocating media coverage set me over the edge. Uh, if you, uh, there, it was essentially, if you watched any of the sports networks on TV or listened to sports talk radio, it was essentially an all-day pregame for a bunch of old men picking young men to play a sport. That's really all the draft is. Yet the NFL had a red carpet. And where the where they were conducting interviews with the rookie with the rookies to be that were showing up for the draft, uh, they actually had this huge introduction where each player came out and you know it was it was a beauty pageant, not a sporting event, and I think that's what got me and that's what got me going onto the uh, onto our Twitter and started really playing up the baseball versus football stuff, and all that I could really say in the end is that God forbid the NFL turns any of their properties into what really was a televised circus, which is the, which really is the NFL draft. I mean, you're, do you really want to watch something that has Chris Berman yammering for five hours? No, unless you're going to make a lot of fun of it. <laughs> Just, is he going to call the Hormone Derby this year? Do we know that yet? Oh, God, you know he will. Oh, okay. God. Okay. Don't even get Speaking me going. of, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think that's as close, but that might be as close as baseball will get to the quote-unquote televised circus. But it's still they're doing stuff on a field and hitting home runs, and you can always tune out Chris Berman. I mean, this draft stuff—it was you no. Know, it surprised John Gruden crushing on Johnny Football to Mel Kuyper's hair and and Chris Berman not shutting up. It's, it was just headache-inducing, and that's why I went on Twitter last night and just ripped it. I tried to rip it to shreds. I was I was very surprised by the whole thing. I mean, I, like I said, I don't know a tight end from a tight wad, but mm-hmm. um, 
just to see how, like you said, how much pre-coverage there was, and it was all over Twitter. And, and they're still talking uh, about it today. They're we'll still probably, talking about it. I, yeah. I mean, I tuned into a couple of sports uh, sports shows yesterday because I was on the road and hoping to hear about the Tigers, and it was nothing but football. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, my God, they don't do anything like this when the when the baseball draft comes around. Thank God. You know, how how is it that the football draft is so much more... I don't understand. It's Why is it so football, popular? Because a lot of people are huge college football fans and think they're draft, they're, they're professional draft nicks, so to speak. Uh, wow. And that was funny because uh, when you brought that up, the you know versus the and major league draft, which is essentially probably the most boring entity on the face of the earth because it's all high school and you know no one watches college baseball or high school baseball unless you're playing it, but. I had a couple of people come at me and say, well, yeah, well, I don't see them televising uh, the Major League Baseball draft. Look at this, this is all over television. I'm like, who would want to watch the Major League Baseball draft? I mean, there are a handful of baseball bloggers that do, but they're nuts, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, we, some of us have to cover it just to yeah. stay on top of, you know, the prospects or whatever. But, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, aside from there being, you know, one or two really, really big names, and that doesn't, you know, happen very often. Right. You know why would you waste your time with something like that? I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But. Yeah, it's, you know, and that, but that's the thing though. It, it just kind of bothers me this fan mentality that you know I love both sports. I you know even though I will admit I wrote pretty much exclusively about the Lions for three or four years, and I was thinking today you know as I was I had sports talk radio on, and of course all all they're doing is talking about the one pick the Lions had yesterday and how bad it was. Thank. God, I'm not living in this bubble where every day is angst-filled, and that's the way it is with a lot of football fans. Well, the Tigers are pretty good. Yeah, so, that's know. the thing. Come on over, yeah. you football fans. <laughs> yeah. you know? The best move I ever did as a writer was stop writing about the Lions and start writing exclusively about the Tigers. It's so much more fun. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll come at this, again, from you know an exclusively baseball fan perspective. Yeah. But I know that there are others like me out there. I saw a couple of people on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm kind of chiming in with me and saying, yeah, what in the world? You know, I, I thought this was baseball season. And that, that to me, does get a little bit frustrating just because, yeah. you know, we waited all well, winter. Be a, a, a basketball or a hockey fan who are in the playoffs right now. We're totally right. ignored. That's even worse. But just to kind of say that you know, we, we waited a long winter and a very cold and miserable winter for baseball to come back. And now that it's come back, it seems to me like it's just been a struggle. Of, you know, mm-hmm. the Tigers games not being televised because the Pistons, or not the Pistons, but the, the Red Wings, you know. Yeah, that was playing. goofy, too, if you ask me. Right, so now it's like, well, we're still competing with hockey, and then, you know, to have the, the NFL draft take up so much of the space, I thought, okay, come on, it's baseball's turn now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. I, I got ESPN on in the background right now, and it's four talking heads at an NFL draft table. Like, oh, Wonderful. Yeah, it's, you know, at it, the very least, I say this, I was, you know, I'm a Lions fan through and through. I've rooted for that team since I was, like, six or seven years old. They've broken my heart every single year, and uh, I think even Rob has called me you're a bitter, bitter Lions fan, <laughs> which is very true. Is there any other kind? Yeah, that's the thing. We're all bitter Lions fans at this point. But just uh, it was kind of scary. It was almost like a religious, a religious event for some of these people, you know. And I love the sport. I love baseball, but. This I think this may be the perspective of time a little bit, and that I've you know I'm I'm older than you know a lot, especially a lot of people who would go to something like that, and just I'm thinking like you're going nuts over something that won't affect your life 
one single bit in the big scheme of things. And why make yourself miserable over it? Enjoy it, have fun, but this the angst and living and dying over a, you know if a, if if your team is going to draft a 21 year old college football player who's been pampered his entire life, uh, that's not for me. I'll drink to that. Yeah, all right, and I think that's a good place where we can kind of start wrapping. Oh no, I got I got to share one more thing. Just yeah. Because I was on the uh, I was on the mm-hmm. Bless You Boys Twitter account yesterday yeah. during the game, mm-hmm. and so it's just a little bit before game time. And, and Kurt, our own Kurt, mentioned you know, mm-hmm. pinged me on chat and said, "Are you doing the Twitter today?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Okay, well, you want to make sure you you know give a shout out at some point to uh, the uh, what is the Pride of Detroit yeah Twitter account you know and mention the draft." I just said. You're killing me, man. He had to do it. <laughs> you know who I am. You know how I stand on the baseball versus – and you're going to make me freaking tweet something about the NFL. I've never done it in my entire life. <laughs> I did it, though. I, I did it. Yeah. But it, it, it hurt my soul. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, when it comes to the Bless You Boys Twitter, if the picture turns up with, with the little caption of under Don Kelly where it says, where it says Rod – they can't stop Don that's Kelly. That's me. <laughs> I post that because it makes me giggle. And the thing is, the reaction it gets almost every time. If you time it right, it just blows up. So, no, you know, that, you should do that, uh, Hoaxley. Trust me. Don Kelly singles, you got to post that picture when he plays. Trust me. Instant retweets, right? Yeah, it, it's instantaneous. Trust me. All right, let's uh, start wrapping up the podcast a little bit. I know you want to touch on the bullpen, so the uh, floor is yours. Yeah, just uh, just to kind of because, like I said, I was recapping the stats this week and to find out what I missed and whatever, and discovered that uh, the starting staff, like I said, it was uh, you know fourth best in MLB this last week with, mm-hmm. with the way they were performing. Uh, but the bullpen is still at they they ran in at 18th in MLB um, in mm-hmm. 16 and two thirds innings pitched, they gave up nine runs, and that's good for a 3.78 ERA. So I started to break this down, and uh, unfortunately, my research got. I wasn't quite able to finish it, so I'll, I'll throw out a challenge in a minute. But yeah. uh, of the nine runs that the um, bullpen gave up, I guess what I want to say is this. When I first mm-hmm. saw that number, I thought, eh, bullpen still looks nasty. Yeah. Except that Phil Koch and Justin Miller were responsible for five of those <laughs> nine runs. Yeah, there you, there you go. So you take that out, and we're talking about only four runs in 16 innings. Um, Evan Reed gave up a run. Al L you know, gave up a run. Here's where I got confused. Mm-hmm. Fangraphs said nine runs. It was, it was, you know, responsible for the, the bullpen was responsible for nine runs. And when I went back through the uh, the game logs, I could only account for seven. Hmm. Miller and Coke were five. Reed right. was one. Al L was one. I can't, for the life of me, figure out where the other two runs came from. Oh, I guess that's <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Are they just randomly assigning this bullpen? Yeah. Never, yeah. Well, well the Tigers bullpen sucks. There's a loose run. Just throw it in their in their stats. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We're not sure who who gave that one up. Give it to the bullpen. So, well, let me ask you this: Are, are you at a point where you're pretty you're feeling pretty darn comfortable when you see uh, Java Chamberlain uh, take them out? Yeah, and that's you know that's kind of the, the sub point you know point two that I wanted to get to. But let me just I'll issue that challenge to okay. anybody who's listening to the podcast. If you can figure out account for those missing two runs, I want to hear about it. <laughs> Find the missing two runs. Who gave them up? Because the thing is, that where's the, Waldo and where's the runs? Right. Well, I looked at Baseball References game log, and they show who all pitched in the last seven days. Yeah. I, I looked at all of them. You know, Ian Kroll didn't give up any runs, and, you know, the rest of the guys didn't. So, yeah, okay. It's up to you listeners. Figure out where those two runs came from. Um, but, yeah, uh, Chamberlain, last five innings pitched, no runs. Yeah. 
one hit, one walk, six strikeouts, and uh, opposing hitters are, are only batting point zero six three. Mm-hmm. He's he's really turned into a nice, uh, I think, lockdown setup piece. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident when I see him come out there, and uh, once again, you know, this was one of those signings that had it was low risk, high reward. It's looking like it's going to end up on the high reward side of things. It sure is nice to see it turn out that way. I mean, it, and that does seem to be the way it's turning. I know five innings. I think it's you know five outings basically for. Well, yeah. I, I look, well, I was looking at the stats because I know I was on, on the Twitter when uh, the Twitter. I sound like uh, like an apparent. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm on the Twitter and on the Google. But when I was running the Blushy Boys Twitter, I looked up the numbers and Jabba Chamberlain in his last twelve outings has allowed two runs, and those two runs came in that in one outing. So in wow. eleven yeah. of those twelve outings, he's, he hasn't allowed a run. He's been that good, and and, and, that, and that's since the first week of the year. That's how long it's been now. Wow, wow, yeah. And you combine that with with Joe Nathan, and again, I look back, and the mm-hmm. last six innings pitched for him has been no runs, two hits, three walks, yeah. eight strikeouts in six innings, mm-hmm. and keeping opposing batters to a one eleven batting average. So between the two, those two guys, yeah, you know, I think the eighth and the ninth innings are looking pretty, um, you know, pretty locked down right now. Yeah, I'm feeling very comfortable about those. You know, you know, we got the issue with Miller, Miller and Coke, but uh, you know, there's there's hope on the horizon, I guess, with Hanrahan, mm-hmm. you know, still still in the picture. So we'll yeah. we'll see how that all shakes out. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where uh, the, the Tigers' starting pitching is almost well, I, you don't want to use the term too good, but you know they're gonna it, for the most part they're gonna get you to the seventh inning, and there's it's a very small window that they really need to plug at this point because as you said, it's looking. Really good in the back end of the pen right now, the eighth and ninth inning. So if they can plug that, what looks like a small hole, that I don't think there's really anybody on that bullpen that really seems capable of filling it. If Henry can, can you know, kind of like the, if the Candyman can. Yeah. If Henry can, who can fix the bullpen? Yeah, the bullpen can. You know, so. <laughs> The Hanrahan can. Yeah. <laughs> I think we oh, have title. There you go. The Hanrahan can. The Hanrahan can. All right. Uh, but, you know, and I would say this, too, that even though, like I said, Miller and Cope were responsible for a lot of runs this last this last week, mm-hmm. um, if fortunately, yesterday, uh, you know, the exception to the rule, but those, those times that they did show up were in blowout games anyway, so it didn't hurt anything, you know, to have them out there giving up the runs. So that, that's a huge luxury for the Tigers right now to be able to – you know, flush those pieces out and not uh, end up losing games in the in the process. Yeah, it was like for all the angst over Coke, uh, his last five appearances, I think, have all been victories, which tells you uh, when they're using. Them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's there's your misleading stat of the day. Exactly. All right, let's uh, wrap up this podcast. So, um, hope slide. Um, where can the listeners find you online? On your local little league field. Yeah. <laughs> all this weekend, I think I've got three games next week too. So. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or the Twitter at Hookslide at Hookslide BYB. Yes, and of course you can find me on the Twitters at uh, Big Al BYB or uh, as of late, much more often, uh, slide into the Bless You Boys Twitter at Bless You Boys. And that's usually going to be during game times or if I'm getting fired up over uh, something I see on television. So, <laughs> like the NFL draft. But, uh, and, and of course, once again, let's get the reminders out there. Please uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Uh, we're making a concerted effort on that, and uh, we hope we can give you guys some fun content. So, 
And, of course, when it comes to the podcast, you can find us on iTunes and the other types of podcasting places, like Stitcher is probably the other main place where you can find us. And uh, just another plug, again, uh, look out for the podcast with my friend Greg Ado, who's also a contributor, bless you boys, where you can hear us rant probably all podcasts about the NFL draft uh, <laughs> on that podcast. That's called The Knee Jerks, and you can find that in the same place you can find this one. All right, uh, with that, let's wrap it up. So, until this time next week, we'll be holy, hope, talking about another winning streak. This is Al Beaton saying good afternoon and good luck. Come on, folks, like the Hanrahan can. And we won't sing on the next Plus You Boys podcast. At least we better not. <laughs> All right, stop singing. <laughs> That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.